all over this house, will you just lift your hands and your voices? Just everybody all over the house, just under the Lord. We truly honor you, give you glory. to be extremely sensitive tonight in the following of the Holy Ghost. I know we have uh, traditions and what we expect and certain things that we look for that mark a success or not quite so successful service. I'm going to ask that you take all of that and just push it aside. Just push it aside. And I want to preach to you a few minutes here tonight. And if if I have found the pulse and the right word for this church tonight, simply set the stage for the Holy Ghost to do what the Holy Ghost has desired and destined to do. I told you that I felt like that there would be moments that the Lord would move in here as only He has the power to move and do what only He has the power to do. And I think that if we'll do our part, that God's going to do His part tonight. In the doing of that, well, God is going to do something here tonight. He's going to establish himself here tonight. Mm. Mm. I understand that your time is valuable, and I honor your time, respect your time, but when you start getting into these moments, you enter into the eternal things of God. And uh, I'll, I'll not hold you any longer on my part than is absolute necessary, but if you will allow me to take your attention to the book of Numbers, chapter 33, and then we will read just a moment or two from the book of Exodus, chapter 6. I know that we have worshiped. And I commend you of your worship here tonight. And we have prayed, and I commend you of that. Uh, I want the Word to do what only the Word has the power to do. And then after that, God's going to do what only He has the power to do. Amen. If you're here tonight and you've never received the Holy Ghost, uh, we welcome you to an apostolic church. Amen. Amen. Exodus chapter 6. Going to read 
quite a bit while you're standing, but just stay with me. Focus with me. Exodus chapter 6, verse number 1. Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now thou shalt see what I will do to Pharaoh. For with a strong hand shall he let them go, and with a strong hand shall he drive them out of his land. And God spake unto Moses and said unto him, I am the Lord. And I appeared unto Abraham, unto Isaac, and unto Jacob by the name of God Almighty. But by my name Jehovah was I not known to them. And I have also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan. Would you say that with me? To give them the land of Canaan. A land of their pilgrimage wherein they were strangers. And I also heard the groanings of the children of Israel whom the Egyptians keep in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Wherefore say unto the children of Israel, I am the Lord. And I will bring you out, say out, from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will rid you out, say out, of their bondage. And I will redeem you with a stretched out arm and with great judgments. And I will take you to me for a people. And I will be to you a God. And ye shall know I am the Lord your God which bringeth you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. And I will bring you... Mm -mm. Uh -uh, uh -uh. And I will bring you in... And I will bring you in... And therein is the paradox. I'll bring you out. I'll bring you through. But I'm not going to bring you in. I'm going to bring you unto it. And if what I have not done in the past is not good enough to convince you that you are qualified to do what I've qualified you to do, and I will bring you in unto the land concerning the which I did swear to give to Abraham, to Isaac and Jacob, and I will give it you. Just a little different, little different insight. Just a little different look at it. And I will give it, speaking of the land, I will give it you. We have conditioned ourselves for God to give us Canaan. But maybe the reality is God has conditioned us to give us to Canaan. Well, glory. If you have your Bibles, go with me. To the book of Numbers. Numbers chapter 33. And I will read quickly. Verse number 53. And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in. For I have given you the land to possess it. You shall divide the land. And then he goes into talking of the division of the lands. Verse 55. But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land wherein ye dwell. Moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Would you lift your voice one more time and just glorify the Lord. 
Clap your hands and give the Lord praise while you're being seated. We love you, Jesus. The worse, the worse it seems to get in this present world, the more thirsty I become for that world. It seems with every passing of legislation, every new law, every unwinding, every thread pull on the morality and the fiber of our society, the more thirsty and the more hungry I get for a true apostolic demonstration of the kingdom of God in the earth today. I am convinced that the church is not in trouble. I am convinced that the church is not in trouble. I thoroughly believe the church of Jesus Christ is as strong today as it was at its inception or at its beginning. I question our response to the things of God. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, it came with such a grand explosion. When it made its entrance into the world, it came as an absolute outpouring of the Spirit of God upon hungry hearts, thirsty souls. It quenched what only the Spirit had the power and the ability to quench. I read Matthew and Mark and Luke and John. I read the Gospels. I read the Epistles. I read the smaller prophets of that new book, that New Testament, even into the book of Revelation. And in every book, I find a final salutation. I find a period at the end of the book. However, when I read the book of Acts, I find no such thing. I find no final salutation or no final period at the end of the last chapter and the last verse. So I walk to this pulpit tonight and contend that the book of Acts is not over. That the church is not finished. I contend that the last hour church will be as great and greater than the first hour church. When Jesus looked at his disciples and said, Greater works than this shall ye do. It is impossible to do a greater work with a lesser anointing. So I walk to this pulpit tonight and I am convinced that God's church is in capable hands. And God's church will accomplish the mandate and the purpose of which it was destined. Hallelujah. Would you clap your hands and give honor unto the Lord. When his disciples asked him or answered him, when he posed the question, who am I? Who do men say that I am? It was the revelation of Peter understanding who Christ was. And then the revelation of Christ knowing who Peter was. And the last and final part of that great revelation was when Peter knew who Peter was. The keys of the kingdom did not come when Peter knew Christ. The keys of the kingdom did not come when Christ knew Peter. But it was the totality of the revelation. Thou art the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Blessed are they that know me. 
But the keys didn't come then either. It came when Christ looked at Peter and said, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter. May I rise to this pulpit tonight and tell you that the devil fears me more than I fear him. I just snuck that one in on you. May I look you in your eyes and convince you that hell is more fearful of the church than the church is of hell. My weapons are not carnal, but they are mighty to the pulling down of strongholds and the casting down of imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God. Can I preach to you a moment tonight and tell you that God has so destined this church for this end time hour to rise with power and authority and wisdom and might and do what only the church has the power to do. Upon this rock I will build my church. It is not my church. It's not your church. It's not their church. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. And I give unto thee the keys of my kingdom. That whatsoever, help me tonight, that whatsoever you bind, I will enforce. And whatsoever you loose, I will enforce. But if you're waiting on heaven to give to you, you're going to wait a long time. Because heaven is waiting on the church to rise and say, All power, all wisdom, and the knowledge of Christ is... Come on, folks. It's in the church. And the world is waiting on the church. Hallelujah. I would take more time than has been allotted to me. But if I could convince you of one thing... If the man Christ was full of the power of his father, if we thoroughly and completely believe that the man Christ was not half God or two part or three part God, but he was God completely, God totally, that in him dwelt the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Do we really believe that? Do we really believe that all of God dwelt in that man Christ? Look at me. Do you really believe that Christ was the totality of what God was and is and would forever be? If you really believe that and you should, then you must believe this next statement. It is Christ in you. The hope of glory. So if all of God was in the man and the man is in the church, That's why at moments like this and crossroads of destiny, when God's timing and God's plan comes to fruition, the first thing that's got to be understood is the devil is not messing with a powerless church. He's not messing with a weak church. But when we say our moment has come, 
It ought to scare hell out of hell. It ought to bring every demon to their knees. It ought to bring every principality to the forefront and the knowledge that we are in trouble. It has been proven throughout time that when the church understands who they are and they start operating like the church, there is no weapon formed against us that shall prosper. I am convinced, I am convinced that hell is allowed to come against us. I am convinced that when Satan presents himself into the presence of God on a daily basis, that there are moments like this. Hast thou considered my preacher Jeff? Hast thou considered the church of Antioch? And the response of hell would go like this. I have, I've looked at them. But you have a hedge round about them. And I can't touch them. And then I hear the Lord saying, yeah, I'll I'll wager you that if I take the hedge up, you still can't get them to cry uncle. Because they don't serve me for what I give them. That's why we can preach. It rains on the just and the unjust. That's why we can preach trouble comes to us all. But when the troubling rains come, we've got an umbrella. It's called the divine. That word hedge can be rendered blessings and provisions. And so I see the debate of heaven going something like this. They serve you because you bless them. If you ever stop blessing them and doing for them... They'll run, they'll quit you, they'll curse you, and they'll die. But I contend like old Job contended. I didn't have anything when I came. And the way things are going, I probably won't have anything when I die. But while I'm here, we might as well get the fact established. You see, devil... You made it all about you. And that was your downfall. But my strength is I understand that it's all about Him. That I can't live without Jesus. I can't walk without Jesus. I can't talk without Jesus. I can't survive without Jesus. My God, Antioch, understand that without God, we cannot survive. I can't, I can't, I can't. When God looked at man in that early part of his life, he gave him dominion. I hope to preach about that before long here. But he gave him dominion. And then he commanded him. He said, you are to keep. You are to keep. You are to keep what I've given you. When God gives dominion to the church, it is then mandated that the church keep it. Let that soak just a minute. It's not come once and stay forever. It's I'm going to let you walk into this place with the understanding that you must keep what I let you have. 
That's why we can go from victory to victory. That's why we can have a Holy Ghost hoedown on Sunday night and have all the victory in the world. But by Tuesday, we're in the valley of the lowest of lows. Because we don't yet know how to keep. David did. David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall come to me. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I can be in the lowest of lows and still be in the house of God. I can be in the crisis of a lifetime and still be in the house of God. Because when he gave it to me, I made up my mind. I'm going. Help me, Antioch. We've got to keep what God's given us. I'm going to give this to you and you must maintain and you must keep it. That's how the original plan came. When he looked at the apostolic church, he said, I'm going to give you miracle signs and wonders. Here are my keys. And whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind. And whatever you loose, I'll loose. But I'm putting the ability to lock and unlock in your hand. Stay with me. I'm telling you guys, it's up to you. So if it's not happening, stop blaming God. I'm in the book. If it's not happening, don't get mad at the church. Don't lay blame at the platform. Just understand that what God gave you, you forgot the small print. And so tonight, I've come to get it back. Mm. And so tonight... I serve notice on my adversary. I've come to get it. You, you don't. You. Ah, I read about an apostolic church that was full of miracle signs and wonders. I read about an apostolic church that when the men of God would walk by, their shadows would heal people. I, I read about men anointed of the Holy Ghost that they laid hands upon the sick and they recovered. I read about the Pauline epistles where he promised through the writing and the auspices of the Holy Ghost that the church would have power in the earth today. If I am the kingdom of God, then the kingdom of God has not changed. If the church is still the church of Jesus Christ, then the church has not changed. So... Where is it? What's happening? I think that we can celebrate and we should the coming out of Egypt. I think one of the greatest of celebrations ought to be when you remember where God brought you from and where you are today. Because only God has the ability to get you up. I appreciate every arm our government has trying to help folk. I really do. But sometimes it's more of a detriment than it is a help. Because we are convincing apostolics or we are convincing alcoholics that you have to have 12 steps.
to acknowledge you'll always be something that you're trying not to be. And Paul said, you bring with you into the church your beggarly elements. And we are starting to be convinced that the church has lost the ability to pray a deliverance upon a man or a woman and it not take 12 steps or 12 weeks or 12 months or 12 years. But upon the touch, upon the laying of hands... I feel it so strong upon me right now. If you are bound today, if you're in this service and you are bound by an addiction, if you would jump to your feet and throw your hands in the air, the work of the Holy Ghost would deliver you. The work of the Spirit would set you free. hesitation cost us precious things will you let me preach to you just a minute when the Holy Ghost speaks and the spirit starts governing and guiding for the body to hesitate I won't go back and read everything but my text showed you That when the Lord looked at his people, he said, I have a covenant with you. Please listen. I have a covenant with you. I will give you the land of Canaan. I, God, do make you my people. And now that you are my people, I, God, am your God. I, I, I can't I can't get it like I want to get it into your thinking. You gotta you gotta fathom the power of that statement. I'm God, your people. I'm gonna be your God, you're gonna be my people. I know you're sitting there all wrapped up in your crisis, and it's hard to really believe that, but hear me again. God, that great big glorious awesome God said, You are mine, and I am yours. You are mine, and I am yours. I am your God. I am your God. You gotta own it. You gotta make it personal. God is my. He's not a far off, untouchable, unknowable deity. He is my God. He's your God. He's your God. He's your God. He's your God. He's yours. He's yours. He belongs to you. You're His. You're His. You belong to Him. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't let your circumstances trick you. You belong to Him. He belongs to the church. He's in charge of the church. The church is Jesus' church. I am His. He is mine. What a glorious revelation. 
Joseph Smith can't do that. Muhammad can't do that. Allah can't do that. But Jesus Christ did it. He is mine. He belongs to me. The lily of the valley. The bright in the morning star. The fairest of ten thousands. The way, the light, the lily. All that he was, all that he is. He's mine. He's mine. I got to get that in you. He's mine. He's mine. He's mine. But let me give you a greater revelation. I am his. Antioch, if you're going to take Annapolis, if you're going to impact Maryland and the world at the level that God has destined you to, you're going to have to believe that you are his. And he is I don't know why that's so hard for God's people. I don't know why that's such a struggle for God's people. Oh, there's nothing like knowing. There's nothing like knowing that when I am down and I bow my knee and I say, Father, He hears me. Yes. Yes. What is it, son? I know, I know, I know, I know. We bring with us this beggarly element and we bring it into the church and the spirit of the Antichrist and the spirit of the age has made great headway in the earth today, removing what is the role of the Father. And what fathers are there, He wants to feminize them. Oh, He does. I'll be as bold to say it like this, and you don't have to nod or say anything. You can act like you have no clue what I'm talking about. But if there's one or two here tonight that ever watches a sitcom, you, you watch what they do. It is the femininity that has become the masculinity, and the masculinity has become the femininity. And it is doing everything in its power to pervert the divine order of the cross. It wants the femininity to become masculine. And it wants the masculine to become feminine. And that's not God's order. And until the church quits bringing into the body that kind of thinking and understands He is my masculine, authoritative, divine protector. And if your earthly father knoweth how to give good gifts to them that are His, how much more... I know we like that verse. I know we like that verse, but let me qualify it. If your earthly father knoweth how to give good gifts to them that are his, how much more doth your... We like that, don't we? But what happens when you don't have an earthly father that knoweth how? Then you have no knowledge of a God that does. And so remove that role out of the earth, out of the home. And then you get God and you come into the church and you hear a preacher preaching like I am tonight about a God that cares 
about a God that wants to make you His. And we struggle and we wrestle with that revelation. How does that work? How can I lean on Him when I've never been able to lean on anybody in my life? And the church is in turmoil until the church rises and says, He hath given us power. I didn't know my dad when he was a rank sinner. I'm fourth generation Pentecostal on my mother's side. My dad came in and his parents came in along about the same time. And I'm thankful for my heritage. My children are fifth generation on my grandmother's side or my mother's side. My great-grandmother was a Pentecostal preacher. And I'm so thankful of God's ability to bring men up. I really am. Egypt, you go down to. And if you ever go down to Egypt, you've got to come up out of Egypt. I know it's simple. Just, just throw me a nod. If you go down to something, you've got to come up. And in my text, he said, I have brought you up. Don't you ever forget it. Intellect can't do it. Money can't do it. Programs at churches can't do it. Crowds can't do it. Only a work of the cross can do it. God brought you up. And if you're here and you've never had God touch your life, you're still down. And that's why you're depressed and messed up tonight. But if you will follow the bidding of the Holy Ghost before you leave here tonight, there's going to be a coming up. Oh, if you just knew what we already know, if you could just understand how gloriously awesome Getting people up is God's business. Getting people out is our business. <laughs> uh, hmm. Getting people up is God's. Getting people out is ours. Moses said you need to be ready on this particular day. You need to have this on. That'll do. Just That'll do right there. That's all you got to do. You've got to have this on. Your feet's got to be shod. You need to have this in your possession. That's what we do. And then the journey starts. I'm not going to take a lot of time. just going to tell you. That's, then the journey starts. You're on the journey now. And then you hear preachers preach and prophets prophesy. and You hear all this good and glorious stuff about what God's going to do and how God's going to do it and where we're going and happy land of promise, Canaan land. And then you hear somebody say, man, there's grapes where they're big enough. It takes two men to carry them. I've lived the last 24 or 5 years in the land of fruits and nuts. We're talking about the people. In the valley, they grow everything. Just about. And I've been known a time or two. I've repented. I've been known a time or two to be driving to the vineyards and that part of the world and get a little hungry. Look out there in them vineyards and say, man, them grapes look right. Lord, forgive me. And I have pulled over. 
and I have tasted of the fruit of the land. Forgive me again. But I've never, I've never got a cluster of grapes, Bishop. Thought I had to call back to my car and say, boys, come help me. Never. But when the first 12 went in, they came back saying, Surely, God help me preach. Surely, it is a land of milk and honey. You know why they said surely? Because several verses before the Lord says, Go search the land that I gave you. I give you a land of milk and honey, of grapes. I give it to you. It's yours. But every now and then, I just need you to affirm for yourself that what I promise you is really there. I contend to this pulpit tonight that the seasons that God has let you enjoy were not the epitome and not the total. It was just proof that when the right time come, you would believe God for it. I'll say it a different way. This is that season. This is that season. And you just need to look back over the last 20 or 30 or 40 years and look at all that God's done. And you ought not doubt now. You ought not stand here on this Sunday night and doubt now. You ought to look back and say, Surely it's a land that floweth of milk and honey. It's everything God said it was going to be. It is. I'll bring you up. I'll bring you out. You come up out of Egypt. One of the first things I'm going to do is I'm going to lead you to baptism. And an infilling experience. And then when you come up out of that water, there's going to be a glory that rests upon you. And it will be with you the whole journey. Listen to me very closely. The cloud followed them. The fire followed them after their conversion. Is that right? So when they got ready to cross into the promise and the fulfillment of God, the Lord speaks to the man and says, Now I'm going to change some things. I'm going to lift what I've had on you and put it behind you. And when you get ready to move into this final dimension, spiritually perceptive people start feeling something's up. It's not a bad thing. It's just more proof. Season is here. It's, it's, it's biblical. It's there. And he says, for all of your journey, you thought I was going to bring you in. But I promised you I'd bring you unto it. Because if I just give it to you, I think you'd lose the appreciation for it. And so here's what I'm going to do as God. I'm going to bring you up. I'm going to bring you out. I'm going to bring you unto it. And I'm going to put you face to face with it. And then... I'm going to see if you want it bad enough. How many times have we had revivals that brought us to that point? 
And when it didn't happen, we back up and start looking for blame. Now hear me. Just, just hear me. And so, they're here the last and final time. They're getting ready to cross in. And Joshua begins to lead the people, positioning them. I'll not take time to read it, but if you read the 32nd book or chapter of Numbers, it'll say that even the country which the Lord smote before the congregation of Israel is a land for cattle. In verse 5, it says cattle. In verse 16, it says cattle. Five times the people of God say, the land on this side is good for cattle. And we have cattle. Please stay with me. And we have cattle. And so two and a half tribes bargain with God. And they say, since we've got all this cattle and the grass is so plush here, would you allow us to stay on this side? I'm almost done. Allow us to stay here. Here's what we'll do. When Israel goes to war, we'll cross over. We'll fight with you. We'll celebrate with you. But we're not going over with you. And so two and a half tribes, they backed up and they said, we, we, we have many cows. And this is a land for cows. You got to be careful that when God starts positioning a church to move into that moment of destiny, that you don't look at your Comfort zone now. And let now become greater than what God promised you. It'd be awful easy for a great church like this to get happy where you are now. But the men on this platform are not happy with now and here. God didn't promise you just here and now. We'll stay here. We'll take our chances. We'll stay here. And so they lived many years. The cows grew fat. Had many calves. Calves had babies. Babies had babies. And nothing else is said. It was a smart move for that generation. But the problem is, when you fast forward through time, it's Jesus Stepping out from the bow of a boat. And he puts his foot down. And all of a sudden from the tombs comes a man whom the city could not control nor contain. He come from the Gadareans. He was a demon possessed man. And he cried out to the Lord, why have you come here? The same land that was good for cows had now become a desert, desolate place and a breeding ground for demons. Be careful, sir, when you know you've got to cross into it. Be careful, congregation, when you feel the mandate of the Holy Ghost that this is your season and you hesitate. Well, I got your attention now. Be careful when the comfort... Of here and now becomes greater than the promise 
of God. Be careful when you don't want to pay the price just to go on over because that's what God said He was going to do with you. And you look at now and you say, I've got cows and this is a good place for cows. i got a problem with that. Because when Jesus had dialogue with the demon, the demon said, you've come to, you've come to send us back, haven't you? He said, I have. And they said, will you do me a favor? Will you not let us go into that herd of swine? And I always wondered why Jesus would destroy a man's living. Until I figured out what land that was and who it is he was talking to. And Jesus looked at the man possessed or the legions of demons and he said, You can go into those hogs. And the hogs ran off the cliff and killed themselves. Why would a Jew be raising hogs? I've preached in my fair share of churches that got to moments of great destiny. And because it was too much to cross on over, because it was too taxing to make the shift, they got happy with the green grass and the cows that they had. But the problem with my text is two chapters later, the Holy Ghost spoke to Joshua and he showed him a land on that side. And he says, you see that valley? That valley is a valley for cows. But because they couldn't see far enough. I got news for you, Antioch. I celebrate with you every great victory God has ever given you. I celebrate every tentacle you've wrapped around the world with the evangelism in Jesus Christ. But it is a drop in the bucket to what God has promised you. And you know it as well as I know it tonight. This is not all God promised you. This... I'm done. I'm done. I'm just going to tell you, this isn't all that God promised you. This is not the stopping place. This is not the holding ground. This will become a den of devils if somebody doesn't step up and say, it doesn't matter what we got to do. It doesn't matter what the price. We got to... Come on, Antioch. There ought to be a shout of praise here tonight because God is ready to take... I want you to hear me. I want you to stand. Stand with me. If you're able, if you're able, stand. I want you to hear me. The prophet of the Old Testament says, If my people which are called by my name. If my people which are called by my name. We really have no power with God if we don't know we are called of Him. Well, it's another lesson. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves, will pray, will turn, then, then, God operates with thens. I know it's simple, it's simple, it's just me, it's just me. I told you this morning, Zacchaeus, that little bitty guy, 
wanted to see Jesus so bad, Bishop, he crawled up in a tree. And the Bible says, and when Jesus came to the place, Jesus operates by places. Oh, yes, he does. And it's an incredible thing when the then and the place. I'm preaching that group tonight. But it's also a noticeable thing to me when I've seen individuals that I've pastored and preached to have a divine moment or a divine encounter or a moment when it should have happened. And they would not. They did not. I've watched shortly after a visitation of the demonic. Because God is a progressive, never standing still God. Of the increase of my government, there shall never be an end. Churches that lull, churches that stall, churches that stop. That is not what's going to happen here. I give honor. I give honor to the bishop tonight. Give honor to Sister Wright tonight. But if I'm in divine order, my job is to get behind this man and push and his job is to fight and God says, come on, come on, there it is, come on, your time, your season, your moment, your night. Watch me. Here's what we are comfortable doing. I tried to preach it to you this morning. We are comfortable. Stay where you're at. Stay where you're at. Stay where you're at. That's what you always do. Go back. Go back. That's what you always do. Go back. Thank you. Let me apologize. That was rude. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Sorry. If my wife was here, she'd say, honey, that was rude. Don't talk to people like that. So I humbly apologize. Baby, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Servants, wait. Tell me. Tell me what you want me to do. Just, just tell me. You want me to clap, I clap. You want me to run, I run. And I tried this morning to tell you that when God gets ready to move, He appoints a season. And the time appointed of the Father that you be no more servants sons there is a transitional phase when God's people have to wake up and say we have been in a season of learning we have been students we have learned but now God is saying it's time to take
take my kingdom. It's time to be my son and not my servant. If you have, if you have followed the peeling of this onion, the chain of events, I have walked to this pulpit and by mandate of the Holy Ghost tried to show you and, and push you into taking the kingdom. Remember? And he said, and it was given, and the saints took the kingdom. As Christ took it and held it in judgment, he reserved it for you and I, and we take what he took. That's why we're joint heirs. That's why we're equal as. And if God brings you to that moment and gives it to you, and you don't take it, I'm fearful that a generation of Pentecostals that I'm a part of has become very comfortable. But until blinded eyes are open. See, that never gets, that never gets much. Until blinded eyes, deaf ears, and the cripple, and the halt and the lame, and the alcoholics, and the drug addicts. How will we know when the kingdom comes, John? Prison doors will open. Blinded eyes will see. The lame will walk. You know when the kingdom of God comes? So while we are doing our Pentecostal calisthenics and exercise, the kingdom waits for us to take it. And God has moved and is moving this people into the place. And he is saying, take it. Take it. If I've ever preached to a church that has learning. If I've ever preached to a church that has the dynamics and the learning down pat. It's you. Now it's time to take what you've learned. And operate in it.
there was a lady that had come into church. I didn't know who she was. Didn't know she was a guest or visitor. I was preaching along about the same way I'm preaching here tonight. She's sitting right about where that lady in the blue dress is right there. And I looked at her and I said, the Lord's going to heal you tonight. Boy, it kind of, it kind of come to a screeching halt there, Bishop. It just kind of, you know. And I, I figured I, 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 I'd, I'd either done something really wrong or, or found the target. And so I just manned up and said it again in case anybody didn't hear me. I said, God said he's going to heal you tonight. Well, what I didn't know until after I'd made that profession that she was dying of cancer, inoperable, incurable, they had given no hope. But that's not what God said. And so I said, ma'am, stand up. And I stood in the pulpit. I said, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I rebuke whatever sickness is on you. I take dominion of it right now. And the church, they responded about like you did. And she prayed a little bit. But, but, but God, God's a God of His Word. Two weeks later, I, I can prove this to you if, if there's any doubters. Two weeks later, she's on the platform testifying about her numbers being so low that she astounded the doctors. But God didn't say He was going to get her numbers low. And I'm convinced had we settled for that. And so while she testified, while the church celebrated, I said, oh, no, 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 uh, no. God didn't say he was just going to touch her. I said, I'm telling you, God said he's going to heal her. And I'm telling you today, I'm telling you in this pulpit tonight, not one cell of cancer is in her body. God completely healed her. There is so much God in this place right now tonight that the blind eye could be open and the deaf ear could be unstopped. There is the potential of a book of Acts revival. You'd have had to be here last night, but some of you know. He's going to bring you unto it like He is right now. But there's got to be a church somewhere in the earth today. There's got to be a people that says, We've come here so many times. We're not going to die here. We're not going to stop here.
That's it. Declare it. Come on. Use your voice. Declare it. Declare it. Take dominion. Take dominion. Come on, Antioch. Take the kingdom. Come on, congregation. Take dominion. Take it. Come on, sir. Step out of that pew. Step out of that chair. Come on, sister. Take it. He brought you up. He brought you out. He brought you unto it. on Antioch and you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover and you shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover you shall cast out devils in my name you shall use that's not a preacher hyping you up that is the infallible word of an almighty God that's the church that's the church there's somebody next to you that needs the Holy Ghost. Reach over and lay hands on them. Come on, right where you stand, right where you stand, right where you are. Take the kingdom, right where you stand, take the kingdom. Come on, sir, come on, ma'am, right where you stand, take the kingdom. Take it. Take it. 
not a matter of being here before. It's a matter of where you're fixing to go. It's not enough to take it for yourself. If you want that to work, you have to let the Spirit flow through you. Find somebody to pray for. That's what he's trying to say here. That's what he's saying to you. Don't stand there and just say, oh, come into me, Jesus. No, the kingdom is what God is doing through you. Let the Spirit pray through you for, for somebody. And if it's not somebody in this building, then pray for somebody that's not in this building. But don't just pray to get, pray to give. Come on, be a conduit. Come on and pray. Pray, pray. You're not going to receive by receiving for yourself. You only receive by letting it flow through you. Come on. Come on. You don't have to know what you're praying for. You don't have to even know the paid person you're praying for. Let the Spirit pray through you. Let the Spirit pray through you. Let the Spirit minister through you. Come on. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let it happen right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's where the breakthrough comes. When you let the Spirit flow through you. Let the Spirit flow through you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let the Lord use you. If you have the Holy Ghost, the Lord will use you. The kingdom of God is within you because you have the Holy Ghost. Take the kingdom and let it flow. Let it flow. Let God move. Let God move. Let the Spirit pray through you. Let the Spirit minister through you. If you don't know what to pray for, let the Spirit pray through you. Come on, let it happen. Let it happen right now. Come on, the Holy Ghost has led us to this place. You can't receive it sitting and watching. You can't receive it just praying it for yourself. The Lord gives us the kingdom for the benefit of others. The kingdom can't be manifested unless we're letting it flow through us to others. Come on, let Jesus help you. Come on, let Jesus use you. Come on, there's stuff happening in this room right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. If you're not going to minister to people in here, 
then you're not going to minister to them on the street. And you're not going to minister to them on the job. And you're not going to minister to them in school. Come on, let the Lord use you in here. And then you will receive the boldness for God to use you outside here. Come on, let Him do it. Let Him use you. Let Him use you now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woo! <laughs> yes! 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 If you're a child of God, you ought to be praying for somebody right now. Or join together in somebody else with somebody else and pray in agreement for somebody that's not here. Come on, the Lord is, start, is ready to start bringing backsliders home. But somebody's got to go in the Spirit. Somebody's got to go in the Spirit and get them. Somebody's got to walk into their house right now in the Spirit. Come against those things that are warring against them. Come on, in Jesus' name. Come on, let the Lord lead you in the Spirit to go into those homes right now. And defeat every spirit that's keeping them from being a part of the body. That's keeping them from being a restored part of the body. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let the power of the Holy Ghost pray through you. Let the authority of the Holy Ghost pray through you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I don't have to specifically know what God's doing to know God's doing something. If I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, I can feel God working. Come on, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, be free. In the name of Jesus, be loosed. Rise up, Holy Ghost, in Jesus' name. Rise up, faith, in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Woo! In the name of Jesus. Come on, what God is, do is doing. We're, we're going to quickly reach the place. There won't be any altar for people to come to. The place is going to be so full. The, the entire place is going to have to be an altar. The entire room is going to have to be an altar. We're going to have to pray for people where they are. The sick. The possessed. Those that need to be saved. You. You're going to have to pray for them where they are. The Holy
Holy Ghost is in every one of us. Let Him flow through you. Let Him minister through you. Pray for the young. Pray for the old. If I had a baby in this room tonight, I'd have my hands on that baby's head. I'd be praying for that baby right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pray for the well. Pray for the sick. Pray for the depressed. Pray for the discouraged. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. PTA Kalarata Takahaya. God is able. 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 He's willing. He just has to find somebody that will do it through him. Come on. He is willing. He is able. But somebody's got to say, Here I am, Lord. Use me. Use me now, Jesus. In the name of 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 Jesus. Ilo robo kosha sakatahaya. Ilo robo kotahaya. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost use you. The Lord's doing a work in people's lives here tonight. But understand this. This isn't just about church services. This isn't just about what God's doing in this building. The Lord teaches you how to do this in this building. So you can do it in your home, in your neighborhood, on the street, in the store, on the job, in school. In the name of Jesus. 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 Malarata kati e kalarata tatababahaya. Yeki e kalarata tatababahaya. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Ikarabo sataya la la boshata la bahaya. Ilamando robo seye, aramando lo lo boshata la bahaya. Hey, aramando lobo coria la manda ye. Ila la bosata ya ramosata ye. Ila la bos. Hey, aramaya tolo bosse ya ramanda hay. 
In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hila rabo se ye alaramando robo sata bahaya.